0: sermon passage today comes from Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 starting in verse 19 through 25 and then verse 35 through verse 39 and the author of Hebrew writes therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh and since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls.
1: Now, Father, we pray you'd speak through what you have spoken And may it be received with hearts that give it a resounding yes and amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good to see you this morning. Uh, Some of you came in a few minutes after Jamie um, introduced me. So I'll do that again just so you'll know. Uh, My name is Scott Patty and I'm the pastor at Grace Community Church in Nashville. And um, 10 years ago, Redeemer Church, Jamie and Suzanne and a handful of folks from Grace came up here, actually lived up here. Jamie moved up here eventually, Uh, but they were up here and they planted this congregation. And I cannot tell you what being here this morning is doing for me in my heart. I'm just full of joy. When I drove up and I... Parked across the street and could see the rooftop of this building and was so excited to be here and I've just been already at the eight o'clock service and just taking in this visual image of you to take home with me. I think I'm going to live off of this for a while. Uh, you know, you, you need something like this in a COVID-19 season, um, some kind of good image. Even with your masks on, uh, you look beautiful. In fact, some of you have really done well styling these masks. Um, uh, so it is good to see you this morning. I do need for you to do one thing for me, though, as I go along in this message, is uh, if I say something that you like, then give me one of these, okay? Because I can't see from your nose down, and I don't know if you're smiling, if you're frowning, if you're snarling, if you're sticking your tongue out at me. I have, I don't know what you're doing. So if it's good, if it's mediocre, don't do that. And if it's bad, don't do that. Only if it's good can you do that. All right, just give me one of those uh, every now and then. What a joy to be here. The the elders at Grace, the congregation at Grace, uh, extends their love to you and their gratitude to God. We're so grateful that the Lord. Kept that early team, uh, who came up here and kept Jamie and Suzanne, and kept them from quitting, and kept the Seavers from quitting, and others. I don't want to. If I go down the list of people, I'll leave somebody out. So I don't want to do that. But anyway, so grateful. And for all of you who've joined this vision and become a part of this local congregation over the past ten years, we're extremely grateful all the way down, you know, South Nashville, North, North Brentwood. We're just grateful for what God is doing here. In fact, I was thinking yesterday, if I could have envisioned, if, if I did envision 10 years ago, what would I hope that Redeemer Church looks like in 10 years? I have to tell you. I have to tell you, I think what I'm seeing actually exceeds my hope and expectation. It exceeds it. And the reason I say that is because I'm a church planter. And this is hard stuff, and you never know how it's going to end up. And so when I see a healthy, thriving congregation like this, it just brings me joy. It exceeds my expectation, and I'm so grateful for you. Somebody, please give me one of those, all right? Praise God. Um, So what do you say to a congregation on their anniversary? Jamie's already mentioned it. Really, and I want, to, I want to have two driving words through this whole message here. And they are these, remember and remain. Remember and remain. I'm going to do that from the passage we read, primarily Hebrews 10, 35, and 36. But really, I'm going to be in the whole book of Hebrews. You're getting a, you're getting a flyover today. And then if I had to focus down a little bit more, I would say I'm going to be in Hebrews 10, Through 13. Then, if I had to drill down a little bit more, I'd say Hebrews 10. And then, if you forced me, I'd say, okay, these two verses, verses 35 and 36. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. That's the, that's the thrust of the message today. And the two words, as I said, that I see in this are remember and remain. And the reason you want to remember and remain is so that you can run. So that you can run with endurance the race that is set before you. I'm going to give you, I see some note takers. This is fun. Uh, people actually taking notes. Jamie, do they do this every week? You didn't put them up to this? Uh, So the two words are going to drive the whole thing, but I'm going to give you five points, all right? And here's the way it's going to work. Remember is going to be points one and two and three and four. And I'm going to put remain right in the middle Uh, because uh, everything about remaining has to do with remembering. But let's talk about Hebrews. There's a context here, you know. The book of Hebrews is a real letter to local congregations, in times of trials. It's pretty much like today, right? A real letter to local congregations in times of trial. In fact, there are, there are Christians in these congregations who, at the time of this writing, were being tempted to grow weary, shrink back, and go away. Stay away. And so the writer of Hebrews is trying to encourage them not to do that. He's saying, look, you've been at it 10 years. Go 10 more and 10 after that. He's he's, he's trying to motivate them and encourage them. And this is how he does it. He doesn't come to them with a slap on the wrist. He comes to them with a word of hope. And he presents to them Jesus. And so the whole message of the first part of Hebrews is the message of the supremacy of Christ. And then he moves into his exhortation, his encouragement to endure. You know, we're in the same kind of context, aren't we? Uh, You are here celebrating 10 years as a a local congregation. you got 10 more to go. Uh, Down in Grace Community Church, we're, we're, we're in our 27th year. Lord willing, we've got 27 to go. I keep saying to our, to our congregation, let's have a 100 year vision. I mean, that's, that's five generations in church life. I, I kind of say a generation is about 20 years. We can think that long, we can think that far ahead. So let's, you know, we're in the same context. We've, we have need of endurance. We're, we've got a lot of people weary. This is the context of Hendersonville, of Nashville, of local congregations. And you know what else on top of all that? It's a a thing called a COVID-19 season. Whose idea was this? And so there's a lot of weariness. And people are tempted to shrink back. We have a, a very, very similar context. And so we need the same words today. Remember and remain to run. Number one. You ready? Remember Christ. Very simple. Remember Christ. If you look at the first 10 chapters of the book of Hebrews, it's all about Christ. It begins with Christ, and he just, the writer just plows ahead and pounds the point home. Christ is supreme. I'll start in chapter one and just work our way forward. He says in chapter one, Christ is the Son of God, the very nature of God, the very radiance of God's glory. You want to see God's glory? Don't go to the mountains. Don't look at the ocean. Don't think about the stars. I mean, you can, but that won't get you to God's glory. Look at Jesus. He's the radiance of all of the perfection and love and grace of God. Look to him. He's the radiance of God's glory. Therefore, he's greater than the angels. Then he says, Christ is the final word. The final message, the voice of creator God, almighty God to this world is Christ. Therefore, he's a lot greater than the prophets. I mean, their, their words were good. They spoke God's word, but Christ is the final one. Through Christ, he says, all things were created and Christ will receive back all things under his lordship. That's the future. The future is every single thing that Jesus Christ, that was created through the Word, Jesus Christ, Jesus will receive back in its newness, in its fullness, in its completed redeemed form under His Lordship. That's the future, Christ. Christ is the way of salvation. In the Old Testament, there were priests. Christ is a much greater priest Christ is a high priest over the house of God who really knows how to care for God's people and bring them into His very presence. The Old Testament had sacrifices. Christ is a much greater sacrifice. Every year, the priests had to offer sacrifices. And then times throughout the year, the priests had to offer sacrifices to remind people that God was a forgiving God, but also to point to the great sacrifice to come. Who is that? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the once for all sacrifice because in the perfection of His nature and of His physical body, He offered Himself up to the Father for the will of God, for the salvation of souls, to a cross where He paid the final penalty for sin. He's the ultimate, much greater, eternal sacrifice for our sins. Christ. Christ is the leader. He's, Christ, is, Christ is a better leader than Moses. And the Jews thought Moses was the man. Christ is better. He's over God's people. So chapter, Hebrews chapters 1 through 10 are all about the greatness, the supremacy, the superiority of Christ as God's Son and as our Savior. Hebrews all the way up to the middle of chapter 10 and then summarizes it this way. This is how he summarizes Christ. Verse 19 of chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter into the holy places through the blood of Jesus... Because he died for our sins on the cross and he removed them. He's forgiven us. The door is open by the new and living way that is, he has is opened open for us through the curtain. That is through his flesh. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain of the temple that kept people out of the presence of God was torn from top to bottom. Jesus is the one who has opened up the door, opened up the way for us to come into the very presence of God. And he is now our high priest over the house of God. This is, the, this is the summary statement of Jesus. So what's the first point of this message today? Christ. Remember Christ. You know what the point of Hebrews is? The point of Hebrews is, is that Jesus is the point. I'm not the point. Jesus is the point. Come to Jesus. Trust Jesus. You know, when you come to, when you come to church... It's like you you walk through. I love I love back doors of church building like this right here. I love to look. Being a a preacher, you get to look at the back door, and I love it when the back door's open. I know it's closed. We got to be closed. We got noise issues. I'm fine with that. But I love it when that door gets open for people to come in at the very beginning. It's a symbol of Jesus who has just opened the doors. We're not climbing in the windows. We're not even coming in the back door. We're coming right through, through Jesus. He's the point. Come to Jesus. Worship him. Hope in him. Be confident in Jesus. Look to Jesus. Follow Jesus. Proclaim Jesus. Jesus is the point of everything this congregation does. Jesus is the person. Christ is the person and the theology that forms the foundation of this congregation. Redeemer Church, you've got 10 years behind you. You got more than 10 years ahead by the grace of God. Remember Christ above all. Second, remember when you came to Christ. Because you see, he says in verse 32 of chapter 10, recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle of suffering. Recall the former days. Recall when you became a Christian recall the days pr- just prior to becoming or just after becoming a christian the the writer of hebrews is calling for recall he's saying remember that you were your hearts were convicted the holy spirit enlightened your eyes to the supremacy of christ you put your faith and your trust in christ you had this initial confidence in jesus that came with joy and that confidence and joy actually gave you what you needed to endure a hard suffering, a hard struggle. You were publicly reproached. You lost your property. You partnered up with people who were thrown in prison because of their faith. All because you initially set your sights on the coming, better, abiding possession that you have in Jesus Christ, and that is your salvation. He's stirring them up to remember their own conversion experience because that was something wrought in them by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters at Redeemer Church, retain your first love by remembering when you came to Christ, when you were drawn to Christ by the cords of love, rehearse your salvation regularly, that your sins in the past are gone, you are presently standing in grace and being sanctified, and your future is bright because it's the hope of glory. Regularly rehearse your salvation and remind yourself that you're a Christian. I think one of the most important simple and important things you can do is remind yourself that you're a Christian. About the time you start to think like the world, snap out of it and say, but wait a minute. I'm a Christian. It makes a difference. About the time... I know it's never going to happen at Redeemer, but it happens at Grace every now and then. People get kind of tweaked at each other. About the time we do that... We're supposed to just stop and say, but wait a minute. We are Christians. We have been converted by the grace of Jesus Christ. That one simple reminder has such a profound effect on us. This is what what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Recall the former days when you were enlightened, when you suffered so that you will endure and continue to do so. Remember Christ, remember when you came to Christ. Third, remain with Christ. Remain with Christ. Look at verse 35. He says, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. It has great reward. You have need of endurance. You are of the people of faith. He says in, in, in verses 37 and 38, Don't shrink back from your faith. And then he says in verse 39, I know that you're not going to shrink back because you're not of the people who shrink back. You're the people who endure. Why? Because you are Christians. Remain with Christ. There's a lot of shakiness right now. A lot of shakiness going on with, with believers. Unsettled. Challenges intellectually, challenges culturally, challenges morally, challenges in morale and motivation. He's saying, Don't, no, no, don't shrink back. You're the people. Remain with Christ. But you know what he's also saying here? Remain, remain with Christ, remain with Christ's congregation. This is a major point. It's a major thrust in, in this letter. Remain with the congregation. If you'll notice. When we get to verses 22 through 25 of chapter 10, he uses this language of us and we. This is a congregational letter. and Let me just read it to you. So he said, now, look, you, the door's open. You come into God's presence through Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus is the final sacrifice. You've got a priest representing you now, so come on into God's presence. And then in verse 22 he says, let us, us, Let the congregation, let the people draw near with true heart and full assurance of faith. Come on in, he says. And then he says, let us, verse 23, hold fast to our confession of hope. He says, let us, congregation, stir one another up to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect the gathering of God's people, which some are actually doing in the context of Hebrews and in the context of our day. No, rather, let us encourage one another in light of the great day, the coming day of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need each other, brothers and sisters. And, you you know, 10 years of ministry, yes, but, but there, will be, there will be a day when you'll be tempted to neglect. God's people and the writer of Hebrews is calling us let us remain with the congregation if I had to point to the top three things that have helped me in my Christian life I would have to say personal prayer and God's word a small group of brothers and Sunday worship. Sunday worship. I've I, I got to be honest, I come in some many Sunday mornings thinking to myself, how's this going to happen? <laughs> like, really? I got to preach today. After this week, the way I'm feeling, and I sit at my church right where I sat this morning, I sit on the far side, that side, that seat, so that I can turn and look and watch people sing. And I tell them all the time, don't let me embarrass you when I do that. But I turn and watch because the presence of brothers and sisters who have fought the good fight who have been carried along by the grace of God the past six days, showing up in the same room to once again declare that Jesus is Lord and we're in this together, is such a boost to my soul that by the time I get through three or four songs, ever how many we sing before I preach, I'm usually ready to go. Because I've been stirred up to love my congregation and the good deed that God has called me to, which is to preach. Remain with Christ. Remain with Christ's congregation. They go together. This is your future. I mean, if you, you, it's fine if you have a big strategy session about what the next 10 years is going to look like at, at Redeemer Church. That's an okay thing to do. In fact, you probably should do that. But don't make it too complicated. It's about remaining with Christ and remaining with Christ's people. There's so many weary people out there right now. If you went through Hendersonville this morning and knocked on doors, you'd wake up a lot of people who would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. But they're weary. They're wayward. Just rebellious. They're neglecting the gathering. They might be bored. They might be restless. They might be agitated by this whole weird COVID season that we're in. And they just decided, you know, it's better if I just stay in bed. But we're called to remain with Christ and remain with this congregation. And you know what? We're called to remain in the things that remain. What's what's important for churches to do? Well, Hebrews tells us. Just keep reading. Your assignment is this week, read the whole book of Hebrews and then focus on 10 through 13 and just pray. Pray every bit of that for this congregation because this is what it'll tell you. It'll tell you that what remains is drawing near to God. It'll tell you that what remains is preaching Christ. It'll tell you that what remains is making disciples and brotherly love and hospitality and purity and relationships and lifestyle. It'll tell you that what remains is sound doctrine and truth and the worship of God and unity and guarding against bitterness and not causing trouble and being at peace. These are the things that remain. These are the things that we're called to endure in so that we can continue to run another year and 10 years and 50 years. Brothers and sisters, pray for endurance. Pray that your leaders will endure. Pray that your pastor will endure. Pray that your congregation will endure. The enemy right now is wearing down more churches and more church leaders than I think we even know is going on. I think we're going to get on the other side of, this, of 2020 and look back and see some carnage. Oh, I pray not for this place. And you know what? You're not of those who will shrink back. You're of those who, who will endure in faith and preserve your souls. Hebrews chapter 10. Lift up the drooping hands and strengthen the weak knees. Okay. Remember. Remember Christ. Remember coming to Christ and then remain in Christ. Here's number four and five quickly. Back to remember. Two more remembers. Remember, there's the promise and there's a reward. This is not going to be in vain. All the labor, all the prayer, all the giving, all the serving, all the loving, all the patience, all the endurance is not going to be in vain. There's a salvation that awaits us. We're in it now. We are saved by God's grace right now. But there is a future salvation when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, all the newness will be, Jesus will be Lord, all the obstacles gone, no more COVID-19. You won't have to wear a mask to worship Jesus around the throne with the multitudes from every nation. Not going to happen. Just going to be pure worship. That's coming. That's our salvation. We enter that by faith. Remember that. Don't forget that. We're pressing on. We we are. We are the inheritors of a kingdom where Christ is king and we're going to worship him. Finally, remember, this is exactly what Hendersonville needs. There's a personal edification aspect to church. You come to church, you sing, you get the word, you get filled up, you get encouraged, you go out, you live. Great. Praise the Lord. There's also a missional aspect to the local congregation. And that's this. Local congregations are needed in every community. Hendersonville included. Hendersonville is a great place. You know, this, this community would be ranked in, the, in a, a list of the top communities in the United States of America to move to and live because you've got so much. You've got great schools, you've got YMCA, you've got sports leagues, you've got restaurants and coffee shops and medical care and business and you know the economy's good here, the local economy's good here. Hendersonville has a lot. Hendersonville needs congregations. Needs this one. Because Hendersonville needs Christ. And right now it might not look like Hendersonville knows that Hendersonville needs Christ. But here's the deal. I believe this with all of my heart. This in fact this drives me. Jamie said he, he said earlier and I think he's going to say later he has a he wrote a prayer at the beginning of planting this church. Here was my thought at the beginning of planting Grace Community Church. Lord, you've got some people in our city that you're going to bring to yourself who need our church, would you connect us? There's some people in Hendersonville who are God's people. They might not even know it yet. They might be hung over this morning. They might have they had a fight last night. But God's got their number. And God's going to wake them up. And they're going to get exhausted someday. They're going to come to the end of their rope. Their steam is going to go out. They're going to put down their fists. They're going to stop fighting. God's going to win, and He's going to do it through this congregation. He's going to bring them through that door right there, that open door of Christ. And that's why you remain. That's why you're faithful for another 10 years. To God be the glory. Father, this is our prayer today that you would continue the good work that you've started because these are the people of faith. These are the Christians. Now bless and keep them. Amen.